Today's scripture reading is found in the book, the Gospel of Mark, chapter 6. I'm going to read that at the beginning this morning. Mark chapter 6, beginning in verse 30, verses 30 to 44. The apostles returned to Jesus and told him all they had done and taught. And he said to them, Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a desolate place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they ran there on foot from all of the towns and got there ahead of them. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. When it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the hour is now late. I lost my spot there. Verse 36, Send them away and go into, to go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered them, You give them something to eat. And they said, shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? And he said to them, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they had found out, they said, five and two fish. Then he commanded them all to sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups by hundreds and by fifties. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them all. And they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up twelve baskets full of broken pieces and of the fish And those who ate the loaves were 5,000 men. Let's pray. Father in heaven, you are so gracious and, and kind to us. And I know that we can easily be overwhelmed by all the needs and the troubles that we have. But Lord, each one of us is here today thanks to you. Thanks to your work in our lives. And so we do come to you now. Come to you with all of our needs and our weaknesses and our limitations. Because you are compassionate and providing God. Lord, open our eyes to see you this this morning in the person of your son that we would rejoice in your care and rely on you alone. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.
You know, whatever you're facing today on this beautiful sunny day, whether it's good, whether it's bad, whatever needs that you and I have, we need to hear the Scripture's testimony about ourselves and about our Lord Jesus Christ, our God. And as we work through this text this morning that we just read, Three times we are reminded in different ways and in different needs that God is sufficient. That He's sufficient for our every need. You know, the truth is that you and I were not meant to rely on ourselves. That He is sufficient. He is able You and I can't, can't do it alone. God can. He is able to provide. I want to reread verses 30 to 32. And we see the apostles returning from preaching the gospel among the villages of Galilee, and they have a need. Verse 30, the apostles returned to Jesus and told him everything they'd done and taught. And he said to them, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a desolate place by themselves. can imagine that they were pretty excited when they came back and they're telling Jesus about all these things. But then verse 31 tells us that there were so many people coming and going, they didn't even have time to have a meal. They were, they were working hard. They were busy. And Jesus, into this picture of need, says, come away, and we'll go to this place where there's nobody else, and we'll rest a while. That's an encouraging passage for me. Sometimes a weary person, when we're busy, we don't always see our, our needs. The Lord does see, and there's a place for rest and he provides rest but now this time we have to be honest that this time that the rest doesn't turn out the way they expected and the rest is not the focus because they don't get the rest that they were planning on because we read in verse 33 many saw them going and recognized them and so what they did is they ran there on foot from all the towns and they ran around the lake and they got there ahead of them. When he went ashore, we read in verse 34, he saw a great crowd and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. So plans change when Jesus, the one true God, steps off the boat 
and he sees this great crowd waiting. And Jesus did not see them as an inconvenience. He didn't tell them to leave. There's a better time later. But he ministered to that need that he saw. He had compassion on them. The kind of compassion that is moved to act, to respond, to care, to provide. Remember those words there. He saw and he had compassion. That is, that is our God. That is who he is towards all those who are in need of a shepherd. Well, let's talk for a moment about the people's need here. This is a bit different than the disciples' need. We're told that Jesus saw that they were like sheep without a shepherd. Now, a week or so back, I was thinking about this, and I thought I should ask somebody who knows more about sheep than I do. So I talked to a certain someone about who owns sheep. And, and, and what, is that, what would that look like? What does that picture that for me, right? Sheep without a shepherd. And some of the things that Pete talked about were that when they don't have a shepherd, they think they know what's best to, to find the grass. Maybe there's a gate open. They'll probably head out there, try and see what's out there. And they don't really have a, a direction or a plan. They don't know where they're going. They're just going wherever they think it seems like there's grass. And then Pete told me something I'd never heard of before, but suppose they got into the grain. Sometimes maybe you left the barn door open and they get into the grain. Well, they don't know when to stop. And sometimes they'll eat so much they get sick, they could even, they could even die from that because they don't know what they, they need. They're, they're leaderless in that moment. The words that came to my mind was a sheep is very vulnerable, has a lot of different needs that I wouldn't think of. But a shepherd knows that those needs and cares for the sheep, gives them the fences that they need and leads them to the pastures where they should go, protects them from danger. Well, Jesus describes the people here as those without a shepherd. They are those leaderless, vulnerable, weak, and needy sheep. And he describes them like this because the shepherds of Israel, those that were supposed to lead them in the paths of righteousness, they were not leading their people. They were not leading people in the right way. The religious leaders of the day, Jesus clashed with them over so many things. But they, they were, as the prophet Jeremiah said, woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the people, the sheep of my pasture. Therefore, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, concerning the shepherds who care for my people, You've scattered the flock. You drove them away and you have not attended to them. Behold, I will attend to you, 
for your evil deeds, says the Lord. Jeremiah chapter 23. And yet in the same breath as God condemns these leaders who were not leading the people, he then declares in verse 3, then I will gather the remnant of my flock and I will bring them back to the fold. Who will do that? The Lord will. I will, he says. And he promises there and, in, and also in, in Ezekiel to uh, raise up a shepherd king who will save the people of God. That king, Jesus, saw the people's need on the side of the lake. And in his compassion, he began to, to teach them. That is how he led them. He led them by his word, the good and true word of God. So he knew what they needed. He shepherded and he guided them there. He fed them with his teaching. You know, we need the word of God. We need the Lord as our shepherd. Our leader. And yet somehow in our heart of hearts, we might think, well, that that was the people of Israel there. They needed shepherding. I'm doing okay right now. Maybe later. But like the crowds, we too are helpless. Without the Lord, we are all like wandering shepherdless sheep. The wonder of it all is that though we are helpless, there is a shepherd. God, the Lord Jesus Christ, who sees, who cares, and who provides for his people so that we need not be in want as the David the shepherd said in Psalm 23. Day in and day out, he is the one who's sufficient when we're not, who's able to help us, to lead us. He's the shepherd that we need. Is that a part of your daily lived out theology that you look to, to Jesus? as the one who leads and guides you, that you look to His Word, and you see, I need His help. I cannot go another day without His help, another moment. He sees us as we are in, in our need, in our helplessness. And He cares, and He is the one who is able to provide for us. We have this perspective in mind. It shouldn't surprise us what happens next when the disciples see another need. Let's read verses uh, 35 and 36. And when it grew late, Jesus has been teaching for a while now. 
His disciples came to him and said, This is a, a desolate place, and the hour is now late. Send them away to go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. So the disciples, they come, they've got this concern. It's late, there, it's a, a wilderness area, meaning that there, there's no towns and villages around. And they know something needs to be done for all these people to get fed. But the only solution in their minds is to send the people away to fend for themselves, right? They got to figure it out somehow. Our responsibility is just dismiss them. Send them off. That's what's in their mind. And so what Jesus says next is quite shocking to them. He answered them, verse 37, you give them something to eat. It's a bit of a challenge, hey? And they said, shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread, 200 days wages, and give it to them to eat? And he said to them, how many loaves do you have? You go, figure it out. When they found out, they said, five and two fish. Two fish, that's right. Everything Jesus does here is to teach them they don't have enough. They already come into it kind of thinking that. They're like, it's not our business. We don't need to help. Jesus challenges them on that. But he begins by showing them that they are insufficient they know they don't have enough money 200 days wages between them all i think was pretty hard to come by you know that's most of a year's what you earn they know that we don't have enough food they can see that they don't even have enough for all of them Five loaves and two fish is not going to feed 13 men. They have basically nothing to be, to be just straight up. That's the picture we have. They have, do have a very little. But we're meant to see that. We're meant to come face to face with their insufficiency. They're lacking. They're, they're in need. Because it's there, in their insufficiency, that Jesus reveals to us His all-sufficient grace. That He is enough for their need. And He shows us how He can use the little that we have and do something miraculous, something beyond ourselves with that. So Jesus isn't finished. Let's finish the story. Verses 39 to 44. Then he commanded them all to sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups by hundreds and by fifties. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the people. 
And he divided the two fish among them all, and they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up twelve baskets full of broken pieces and of the fish. And those who ate the loaves were five thousand men. It's an amazing story. And it's not just a story. That's the wonderful thing. This uh, feeding of the 5,000 is the only miracle, actually, that's recorded in all four Gospels, apart from the resurrection, of course. And so it, it really has a lot to teach us. It's a deep well of life-giving truth about Jesus Christ. There are a lot of allusions to and fulfillments of Scripture in these passages. We've already just touched on how Jesus is that shepherd, the one prophesied, the one who's able to provide for His people and lead and deliver them. That's one theme of many that we see here. I just want to highlight a couple more so that we are able just to think more deeply about uh, this story. One of them, yes, amen, Caleb. One of them is the, that the language of groups by hundreds and by fifties echoes the language of Exodus. Reminds us of when God brought Israel through the wilderness and they encamped about him and he, what did he do in the wilderness? He provided for them. And where are the people now with Jesus? They're in the wilderness. And so we see these themes that that this is the same God who is providing for His people today and on that day. Another is that when Jesus takes up the bread and He blesses it and He gives it, this also reminds us of something. It actually points us forward. And John chapter 6, John's account of this really makes this clear that it reminds us of what the Lord will do, that those who share in His death will also share in His life. And so we take the bread, we give thanks, and we break it together in remembrance of of what the Lord has done and how He's provided for our, our greatest need for forgiveness to be brought back into a right relationship with God. And this is pictured in a small way in this miracle here as Jesus does that very thing. He takes the bread, He blesses it, and He gives it to the disciples. A third one is the phrase um, at the end there that uh, says, verse 42, they all ate 
and were satisfied. And we find those very same words used when the prophet Elisha turned two loaves of barley into enough food for 100 men. You remember that story? It's in 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 42 to 44. Elisha did many things that Jesus uh, fulfills in greater ways. He is a, a picture of Jesus in much of what he does. And that's just a few things. The reason that I highlight them is to point out that this meal, sometimes we just focus on the, the sheer fact that he could just make all this bread multiply out of five loaves and all this fish. But even in, in the scriptures themselves, there, there's a great deal uh, of significance to what Jesus is doing. He's showing us that he's the, the all-sufficient God. In a multitude of ways, he's saying that I am the one who's able to do more and greater than, than the prophet Moses, than prophet Elisha. I'm the one that you've been looking forward to all this time. The fulfillment of the hope of the people of God was right here in Jesus Christ. The same God who fed the children of Israel in the wilderness, who provided food for the sons of the prophets in Elisha's day. And this same God provides for His people today. He still sees and cares and shepherds. He is, as Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8, able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. Let me repeat that. He is... Paul says, able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. Do you believe that? Not just a part of the time, not just in some things, but in all things, He is able he can provide for you, not just so that you can have a grand life today, but so that you would do the, the works that are pleasing to him. So that you could walk in the way of righteousness and goodness and fellowship with this God. He is able to do that. But you know, earlier in his letter, in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5, Paul is brutally honest. Not that we are sufficient in our, ourselves, he says. That's not where our sufficiency is. 
It's not in ourselves, but it is of God. Chapter 6 of 2 Corinthians pictures all the things that Paul went through. Beaten, shipwrecked, he lists it all for them to see. Why? So that he can glorify Jesus Christ because it's only through him that he was able to do that. He's not saying, look at me, I did all this. He says that God was able to bring me through all of these things. In Paul's weakness, the Lord was strong. Here's the thing. We need to know that we're not up for the task. Certainly not in all things at all times. I mean, there's a lot we can do without the Lord and have a successful life and think we're doing okay. But we aren't up for the task. Not for what is actually meaningful and significant in eternity. But the Lord is. And I I think that sometimes, I don't just think, I know in myself that I often stop and dwell on the thought that I can't. I'm not sufficient. Don't get me wrong, we need to see that. But the whole picture is you can't, but God can Just as he was able to provide food for the multitudes when the disciples were not. When we know this, when we know that God can, that he can provide. Here's the thing we don't do. We don't give up and do nothing. We don't sit back and say, it's all God's business. I'll just sit and enjoy the show. No, we give of all we are and have to God for His kingdom. He calls us to do this out of love for Him in our hearts. That we would offer ourselves to Him. That we would reflect Him, His seeing, caring, providing nature. And that's not that we do it ourselves or we do it on our own or in our own strength. But we go in the strength of God with the encouragement that He is able. That He's able to make us ambassadors for Him. People who can be a blessing to the the multitudes. To the people around us. Jesus told the disciples to go and get the bread they had. He used means there. But he takes that up far above and beyond what they had to offer. So we serve as the people of God and we live knowing that he promises to provide in and through us. And that he, he's able to provide for every need that we have. There's going to be some pretty hungry wilderness days 
in our lives. And good days too. So what are we going to do? Will we trust the Lord? Will we pray to Him? Will we give of ourselves to Him? He's the same God who sees and cares and provides in abundance. Whether we realize it or not, we depend on Him as churches and families and as as people. We need a shepherd king. We need the rest and the provision that only the Lord can give. Do you believe that He is going to provide? You can look all around you. You can look inside yourself. But only God is all sufficient in all things at all times. He's the only one who can provide what we truly need. Louisa Stead understood this. Her husband's tragic drowning left her with no means of supporting her four-year-old daughter. And as she struggled to make ends meet, Louisa wrote these words. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him. How I've proved him o'er and o'er. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus. Oh, for grace to trust Him more. Can you sing that song in your need? Louisa depended on her Lord. She knew that He could take care of her. And so she turned to Him. And she gives thanks to Him in this song for for how he, He cared for her. Did you know that you too can bring your burdens and your needs to this same God? He calls you to give yourself to Him and to trust Him. To trust that He is sufficient. Will you?